This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors who strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes your valuable home is for you the project replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble free your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors the college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home what to look for in replacement windows how to borrow sensibly against home equity and more college teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune their suggestions are great for roi it's time for your valuable home kev Another wonderful podcast, and uh, we've got something very, very interesting for our listeners. We're opening today with a replay. This is something we really never have talked about before. This is a very, very interesting use of property. It is. We're talking New Jersey. Let's get right into it with Phil. Yeah, he, uh, him and I had a great conversation past weekend, and it really piqued my interest when he said what he was going to do with the property. He just bought another property, which is adjoining his property. So he's going to come on and talk about some of his thoughts, and which is a great uh, investment. For a lot of people today to do something like this. And uh, Phil, we have you on to talk about what you're doing. So I appreciate you spending a little bit of time here with us at Your Valuable Home Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks to you both. I'm excited to talk about it. So why don't you give us the basis of where you live, just in a, in a general area where people can get an understanding and then just say, what did you buy to take your next step to do what you're going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in Morris River Township in South Jersey. So not exactly a, a tourist destination when you compare it to the Jersey Shore. And uh, a patch of land became available right next to mine. Uh, it was raw land, doesn't have any utilities to it yet. And, uh, you know, they're not making any more land, they say. So I bought it. Yeah, hmm? I think I know where you are. It's a very, very desirable area. And uh, uh, you're not that far from the shore, are you? No, no, you could be at a short point in about 25 minutes. 25 minutes, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Because my cousins run down to the shore all the time. They live right around where you are. So it's uh, beautiful area down there. I've done some canoeing down there, down the Molokka River. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a beautiful place to be, but I would say if we, uh, I would speculate if we built a traditional home and put it up for, for holiday rents, I don't think it would, be uh you know would be fully rented out compared to you know something in ocean city or avalon or stone yeah. harbor somewhere like that yeah you're probably right about that but uh, yeah everybody wants the beach the beach the beach you know yeah yeah so we we don't have a firm plan for what we're going to do with the property yet but we've had some sort of creative ideas as to how to to build something that might um might attract some people away to spend some time in the woods rather than go to the beach maybe for a weekend yeah 
Sounds fantastic. I mean, it's a good, good place to go in the off-season, too, like in the fall, you know, because you've got a lot of, uh, there are a lot of good eateries down there, and uh, you could go down to the shore, get a shore dinner in October, November. So yeah. when, when Kevin mentioned this to me, I said, wow, that is really a cool idea. I knew you liked that, that we, idea. Yeah, and it is a very cool idea. And uh, I want to get into how much land you have and all that stuff. But the question is, have you got in, gotten into the, um, the uh, issue or question of zoning yet? Can you do it? Uh, I haven't. I haven't confirmed it, but I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, there, there's property either side of it. So, um, and there's even um, the, the the lots were zoned for residential. So, I have no concerns on that front. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's it's 15 acres, so there's a lot of possibilities. And 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 we're talking about a B and B. You building a B and B next to the house you're going to build, right? Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that uh, we've talked about is trying to avoid some of the nightmares that you hear of uh, when you rent these places out, you know, per per night and people throw big parties in them. Um, so we're, we're already thinking, keep it small so that it doesn't it doesn't it isn't necessarily a party home, but um, make it super attractive to couples. So a, a, a romantic place with a lot of light, a lot of windows, but also a lot of privacy because you're in the heart of the Pinelands and you've got no neighbors overlooking you. You can do whatever you want to do. I, I yeah. suggested to him the tiny homes. We did a few shows with tiny homes. Remember Dan George was on the show last year? Well, you could do, yeah. Um, Easy. That's an interesting concept too, where these homes probably at the most would sleep four people. So you could do a thing where, where you get multiples of them, you know, and not build one structure, and they come in on flatbeds. Yeah, they're already okay? pre-assembled. They're pre-assembled. Everything's in them, and uh, probably spend like fifty to sixty-five thousand for one. So that there could yeah. be a, a very, very. You just have to see if the zoning would accommodate something You're like that. Multi-dwelling for that area because build you want like to put a, a little, in. little, little village. Mini village, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you could put probably five, six, you know, five, six of them together and have, you know, five, six families or couples stay at the same time. And then, Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. If you cite it in the right way and you give people a feeling of, you know, complete privacy and a little bit of solitude, um, but you could still fit uh, several, one, you know, 1,000 square foot properties that are interesting on the land. Um, and I think that could be pretty exciting. Obviously, we would want them to be sort of high end because we got to uh, we got to compete with people who, who were thinking about going all the way to the beach and being on the beach block or whatever. But um, I think it's pretty achievable, and it might be a nice uh, break from the norm for people who are used to going down to the shore. Well, we'll send you the link for this uh, uh, this company. They were in uh, Michigan, right? Michigan, mm -hmm. yeah. And they ship these things all over the country, and, and they are absolutely. Gorgeous. Yeah, you can deck these things out and yeah. really spend a little bit of time in there uh, and, and pick a lot of your options. But one thing you got to look at the value of this. I mean, if that can be presented, you can get a couple of these on that property based upon that. Trying to figure out the best thing. Number one, the rent's going to be great. So you get those little one days. You can make a very yeah. good bit of money. Number yeah. two is, you know, if you're thinking about and say 10, 15 years from now, say your job wants to take you somewhere else and you have to sell it. If that pro property is doing extremely well, think about the, the resale value of that property. 
because it's or you bringing could break in a it load up, of revenue. Break it up and sell it in individual units. Like, I'll give you a tip, and we'll send you a link to this. <clears throat> the company they usually just sell one-offs, but they started what we're talking about near Tampa. It's not too far from Tampa. Remember that yep. development? Yep. And it gives you a perfect example of what you can do with these things. So uh, I'll get you the link, and uh, it's something to consider, you know, along with other things. Yeah, but, if you can make it a destination, because that down in Tampa, oh, yeah. they were bringing a ton of money, re- residential real estate investments. They, they brought a lot of money in. That was, that was one of the things he was really striving for, is to get that uh, certain destiny, that destination where you were build something that's going to be just perfect, that you're going to attract people to come, and, and having those three or four or five different separate units in that, that's what people are going to be looking at. Well, maintenance too. Low yeah, maintenance. Low it's maintenance. done. Yeah, we'll get you the link. Perfect. Yeah, I love this idea. You know what? Just spend, and I'm sure you did some research on this, um, spend a little bit of time talking about the uniqueness of the area, the Pinelands of New Jersey. There's probably nothing like it uh, that I know of on the East Coast. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I can talk a little bit about that too. A lot of my cousins live down that way, but it's a very intriguing area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what we have is a you know well-established tree stand, lots of nature. Uh, you mentioned you know the the Morris River uh, runs through it, so we're feeding into the Delaware Bay there. We have um, for people who are into nature, you know all kinds of migratory birds that choose New Jersey as a as a stop-off destination when they're on their way, either passing through north or south, or or um, or, or birds that are, are natural to the area. Um, the tree stand is, is really healthy with a, a good mixture. Um, the, the flora and the fauna, there's, there's a lot to enjoy. Um, and yet you're so close to, you know, other things like big cities and, um, and the, and the shore. So it's a, it's a great place that's not far away. Um, and we really, we really enjoy it. We've loved living in, in the Pinelands ourselves. So we have our home there. And uh, it's super tranquil and some and actually, you know, the light pollution, given as close as we are to New York and Philadelphia and Washington, the light pollution is is pretty low. And if you're into looking up at the sky and seeing the stars, that's also um, is, is some of the best in the U.S., I think. Yeah, I, I would I would agree 120 percent. And there's an interesting town down there that I've spent some time in, and that's Medford Lakes. I'm sure you're familiar with it with all the log cabin homes. Yeah, some great properties on that place. Yeah. Oh my God, magnificent! Absolutely magnificent. But the Pine is a very, very interesting area. Very bucolic, very unspoiled, and it's it's amazing to find it there because it's yeah. not that far from a lot of activity in New Jersey. It's not that far from the shore. Matter of fact, when you go down yeah. the Mullica River from the Pinelands, and you go down the river and you're right on the bay that leads to you know Long Beach Island. So it's it's a pretty cool place. I think you've got a really really cool idea here, and I we wish you luck with it. I mean, Kevin, you know, is a good guy to talk to as you go down the road, and because he knows a lot about building houses as well a little as bit, improving yeah. houses. So, <laughs> so <laughs> trying to get the ideas of, of trying to build, and that's one of the things you really have to uh, look into because sometimes when you go to these township buildings, they're going to say we'll need this, 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 and it, it gets to be a little bit more. So make sure you have your ducks in a row. Yeah. Uh, when you're mm-hmm. ready to go into the place or trying to come up with an idea, so you're just not throwing money away with a design idea. You just got to make sure it works with the township. They're going to allow things to to be happen to and to build. Because if you don't, with the same with that multi-unit, having about 10 or 15 units on there, if you have the property, you said it's 15 acres? 
Yeah, 15, yeah. And to be able to build uh, that, because I'm sure they're going to be requiring, electric's easy, water's easy, it's where you're putting the, the other stuff, the, the sewer. So is it public exactly. sewer? Exactly. Is it public sewer? No, it's all septic down where we are, yeah, so our home is the same. That doesn't have to be a problem. No, no, it's just what's the cost for what size septic that you're going to be using. So it's just finding the best value of what you can put on there to make sure that when you are renting out, you're going to be bringing those dollars back in. So you don't want to overspend. I mean, anybody can build anything, but it's if you're looking for a rental property, what's that dollar? When, when are you going to start to see the return on your investment? Well, if you're interested in these in these good old, we, we call them good old, good old houses. Tiny homes, yeah. Tiny homes, tiny homes. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fortunate thing for you is that the Tampa development is a template for you. Right. Probably so, a good idea to go down there and stay ourselves and absolutely, get a feel for and it. Absolutely, and I'm sure you trip. could. Uh, we'll introduce you to the guy who runs the whole thing. He was formerly a, uh, a weatherman, weatherman in Chicago, in Chicago, in Chicago. Yeah. So really a cool guy, and uh, this was his idea, and uh, they execute enormously well. Places are really built. They've all got like a a contemporary or modern persona to them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's all very now and new, and it's, it's, it's just beautiful. So the Tampa, take a special look at the Tampa development. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's what people are looking for, rustic, modern. <clears throat> if you're going to convince people to leave their, their nice homes in PA and come down to the shore and go somewhere else, you know, I think you have to kind of know who you're catering to. So I think tiny's okay, but it's got to be kind of tiny luxury, and, and that's, that's what I have in my mind right now, so. I really appreciate you guys' help with that. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, be, we're happy to hang in there with you as you go down the road. I think it's a very, very interesting concept. Yeah, the luxury ideas, is, it's not a bad idea because you're right. If you're going to bring a well, certain... Well, these places do that. I mean, these, yeah. these places do that. Yeah, next time we, uh, we, we we talk, and I'll show you some pictures of some of the tiny homes that I've been... Because I'm, I'm on some of the Instagrams with a couple of the tiny homes that uh, listen to the show, and they send me a lot of their photos of some of the tiny homes they put them. They are absolutely gorgeous. You really look yeah. at them. It, it, it doesn't look like a tiny house, but when you get in there, uh, the way they angle the pictures, it looks like it's a bigger house, but it, they're yeah, tiny. Especially the last time we had him on, which was, I guess, right around COVID time, right? Yeah, about a year and a half ago. He did a one-off that they didn't duplicate, which he probably could, that was just absolutely knocked out. It's You wouldn't mm-hmm. believe, you know, what you were looking at what you were looking at because it looked like, you know, very expensive, big home in many many regards, right? Yeah, it's just the way they present it, you know, when you can present it that way. So that'll be great for, for anybody that's going to be coming in if you keep her on that more luxury. And it's not luxury you're going to be spending a lot of money. You're, you're really yeah. dealing with minimal because it's such a small house. So you're not overspending. You're just spending just enough to get the right clientele that's going to be able to spend, you know, a certain dollar on the return on the investment. That's the whole bottom line, too. It's it's going to look great, but I'm sure you're still doing this for uh, the bottom line is the uh, the dollar when you're going to get it the long run. Absolutely. Only my mom and dad will be able to stay there for free when they come over from the UK. (laughs) If not, I can always stay at my house. Your dad and your mom can always stay at my house. So, Give give me another thought too, Phil. A a buddy of mine, famous, famous, famous um, um, designer, graphic designer. As a matter of fact, he did all the international road signs and everything. He made deals with all sorts of people when he built his house. Uh, Roger has a house up on the hill going into Washington Crossing, modern house. Designed it himself, blah, 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 blah. Made mm. deals with everybody and guaranteed him stories and like good housekeeping. Yeah, and, and it worked. And he got a lot of what he did paid for by these people. So it's something you might, you know, consider because you would have like a very exemplary model development that other people could yeah. use as a template in different parts of the country. 
So. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, particularly when it comes to where you site it and the view that you give people and the your trees that you save and the outdoor landscaping that you build in. Because I think for, for a lot of people, that's a big part of getting getting away from it all right so part of it part of the time is in is in the tiny home with the, you know the with the luxury but but also you're going to want to spend time outside so how you how you manage the land how you how you shape the land so that the the entire experience of arriving and sitting outside and absolutely uh, you know like a communal outdoor room you know where people could yeah. that's private. You know, sit around it's, it's that's private you sit around a fire pit uh, we were just in a place like that in montana called chico springs and it's it's a series of buildings, not one big building, series of buildings. They're all log cabins, and these were all you know one offs. They weren't what we're talking about, but it really works. It's like a good little village, and you've got all these things going on, and a knocked out restaurant too. So what you're talking about is very very doable. A good concept. So I'm mm-hmm. glad we had you on to just talk about it because anybody can really get to to this point if you have that availability, have the land number one, and to have a, a vision that you had to do something like this. Yeah, absolutely. So as you go down the road, Phil, please just uh, give us a shout, and we'll have you back on to talk about this again. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, I, I appreciate the inspiration already, and I'll definitely keep in touch and tell you how it's going. Well, we'll get sure. you those links. I'll send you those links either today or tomorrow. And thanks uh, both. You love talking to this guy too. He just he's, he's incredible. He really is incredible. So, but yeah, Phil. Hey, thanks for spending a little bit of time here and uh, great uh, site you have in vision that uh, hopefully works out and should work out for you guys. And uh, we'll. we'll Get you back on to follow up when you make that next step in progress. And uh, we're looking to hear from you. Anytime. There is not going to be a horror story per se this week because our feature is the horror story. It's about the disaster that's befallen southwestern Florida, the hurricane. Devastating, deadly, and something that's probably one of the worst natural disasters in the history of the country. So we're going to be talking about that this week in a slightly different way than what you've been seeing in the news with an old friend of mine who is ahead of an HOA, and he's got his hands full because he's dealing with 68 houses. Yeah, anybody in that part of the world, you should listen to these shows because there's a lot of helpful information here. All right, we'll be back after we take a quick break. We've been telling our listeners about Provia entry doors and windows, but there's a lot more to Provia, right, Kev? Yeah, you bet. Provia is your one source for professional class entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and incredible metal roofing. In fact, Provia makes all the product you need to create the perfect home exterior. They do it all the Provia way, the professional way. Hey, Kev, didn't you just use Provia siding and doors on your home? Yep, the look of my siding and doors have landed me a ton of work. Okay, so what sold you on Provia vinyl siding? The same that sells my customers. Provia Siding Reflex Heat protects against UV rays and solar heat buildup that ensures long-lasting color. Then there's a range of traditional, insulated, and decorative siding profiles, all with the look and feel of real wood. And a selection of now colors, including dark and bold hues. So, what's your take on Provia manufactured stone? The molds of Provia stone are created from natural stones, giving it a quarried stone look with a great range of shapes and sizes. Customers love them, and the 10 choices of color palettes, Provia stone goes with any environment. To see how Provia Siding and Stone combine to create the Provia perfect exterior with great curb appeal, visit Provia.com. Click on Designer Collections under the Design It tab. All right, Ryan, continue with our featured segment this week. Uh, we're going to stay down in Florida, I presume. We are definitely staying in Florida. I mean, covering the uh, as best we can in a different way than other people are. Probably one of the greatest natural disasters in the history of the country. A lot of hurting people down there. 
And uh, last week, as you know, we ended up with uh, Bronwyn, Jack and Bronwyn. And Bronwyn, Ed, you want to know about this. Uh, Bronwyn and her husband just moved to Captiva, their permanent home, in August. So it's like bad timing, okay? Mm. They live not right down from the green flash. And we have Ed Jordan on the phone. Great old friend of mine. We've known each other since uh, high school. And Ed is uh, has a place at Land's End. You know where Land's End mm-hmm. is, right, Kev? I've been there a number of times. Beautiful, beautiful place. And it will be again, but it's going to take some doing. And uh, Ed is head of the HOA down there. So he's going to be up to his ears in this in the rebuilding down there. If what, what is said here and what was said last week can help certain people and help them in a positive way uh, to get out of this, uh, we're all for it. So... Tell us, you've seen just just aerials of your house, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, a number of aerials. Condo association. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, Is there? do you know if there's anything that was going on inside? No, we have no information on the inside yet. Uh, we, do, uh, we do have our manager and uh, maintenance people as well as a couple contractors uh, going out there tomorrow just to inspect the buildings, and they'll probably they'll probably check, you know, a few few of the uh, units just to just to get a flavor of what kind of uh, penetration of water and damage there is. At a later date, they'll go in and do a total survey of every unit. At a later date. At a later date. Yeah, maybe as early as next week. Okay, we just heard. Uh... The show that we did last week with Jack and Bronwyn, as his, his daughter-in-law's name, that generators aren't allowed. On, uh, but that might change by the time you come on. The situation is this: there, there is no infrastructure. There's no power. There's no, there's no water. There's no sewage. And the uh, district fire chief has said that until there's water, there can be no generators or gas. Uh, or construction of that type because there's no ability to fight a fire. So, yeah, I would think. But you can... So, you know, until until that happens, but then there's the issue of how do you get the equipment and people there. Yeah, it's going to have to be by boat because that's Sanibel, the Sanibel Causeway. People all over the world have seen pictures of that at this point. Probably isn't going to be rebuilt for a couple of years, right? Well, it's going to be a... Plenty of time, you know, um, a year, year plus for sure. Uh, I did hear that uh, the governor has uh, proved the military to build a temporary bridge. Yeah, probably like a, maybe a bail, a big Bailey Bridge, right? That's what I did when I was in. Yeah, National I would Park. guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just heard it on uh, from one of the people and saw it on the internet. Apparently, he was on TV last night, but I didn't see it. You know, hopefully that will allow. Uh, at least construction vehicles, uh, power company vehicles to uh, get on Sanibel and Captiva. Well, we talked about this last week. Is it going? It's going to be like a uh, competition, isn't it, to get contractors, materials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much devastation in the whole area from you know from Marco Island or Naples, you know, up into you know, up into North Florida. So, uh, yeah, there's, um, yeah, there's going to be a need for manpower for sure. And then of course we've been facing problems with getting materials and equipment and things like that, even in uh, normal situations. So 
uh, this is going to be even uh, compounded further. Absolutely. And the people who don't jump on this right away and know what they need in their homes are going to be sort of out of luck for a while, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I would assume so. I mean, it's going to be difficult because we have the strength of a, a large association and and we're part of uh, the South Seas Island Resort, which uh, uh, the owners of that, which is uh, Timbers, are being very uh, helpful and aggressive. And, and I think uh, they're going to lend a great deal of help in, in the reconstruction of the resort area. So, but it's still going to take, you know, still going to take a lot of people, a lot of materials, and a lot of time. Have you heard or been in contact with FEMA regarding any of this stuff? No, not not yet. We did have a uh, we did have a meeting yesterday. Um, uh, Captiva does not have a government uh, like uh, a lot of municipalities. We're governed by the county of Lee, Lee County, mm-hmm. and we had one of the commissioners the commissioner on from Lee County. So he, he is working with FEMA right now. And uh, so he just reported on that and uh, no specifics, but uh, he's working and he's putting a lot of hours in and uh, as well as a lot of other people are. If you're bringing in initially, well, mold is going to be your problem. We talked the, the people we talked to last week, mold, they're worried about mold. Both people that we talked to. Are you worried about mold? mold. I mean, yeah. Mold is a key issue. We, I experienced Hurricane Charlie back in 2004, and our biggest problem was mold. Hmm. And problem is, is that you uh, you get water near drywall, and you don't have uh, a, a climate inside which needs air conditioning, which needs power, and you get mold, and you have to, you know. You have to remediate that, and it can cause areas to be totally gutted. So it's a real problem. You have to rip the drywall off, and if it sits there long enough, it goes right through the drywall into the insulation, right? You know, I, I can tell you that uh, the unit we had at that time, we saw it two weeks after the hurricane, and there was little to no damage. And at the end, we had to uh, gut the whole unit because of the mold, because we couldn't get power, and we couldn't get you know we couldn't get any recovery of wet areas so it's uh it's a real problem that's going to be the most difficult we talked yeah it's going to be a problem it's going to be a problem for everybody yeah Yeah. because i said get the fans in there and i was figuring a generator before we even got to that they said there's no generators on island can't do it can't do it so yeah if we can get generators there we can get uh, big dehumidifiers in there and we can you know we can start a uh a recovery of uh, getting water up and getting wet materials out of there as quickly as possible. So hopefully, uh, you know, we're going to get water soon. Well, I know exactly where you are, and I've seen some of the aerials, the NOAA aerials uh, of, of your block of condos, and it looked to me like they were pretty much intact. It didn't look like there was a lot of roof damage, maybe a little bit here and there. So if there's not a lot of roof damage, and yours is up, they're all up. So I can't imagine there was a lot of water damage. So how do you think you got spared? Because you're right there on the Gulf. Well, um, I mean, it's, that's a great question, and not sure I know the answer to it. But I can tell you that when we, uh, after Hurricane Charlie, we put hurricane windows and doors in. We uh, we we 
build all the roofing to the Miami-Dade code, which is the strictest hurricane code in the United States. And hopefully that's, uh, that's saved us. Uh, we've been very proactive in maintaining our buildings. And uh, it looks, just from the uh, visuals I've seen, uh, we've lost some siding some places. And we do have one building that lost uh, part of the roofing. But other than that, the roofing looks intact. Now, even though you have hurricane windows and doors, they're not waterproof. So a driving rain can get in through, uh, you know, thresholds and, you know, drive through, uh, you know, the connecting doors and things like that. So, but hopefully it's a minimum problem, but we'll see. I'll have uh, some information uh, on uh, the end of the day, Wednesday. And then uh, I'm also going down there on and inspecting the, uh, the site on Friday. So I'll get some firsthand uh, information. Are you either going in by helicopter or you're going in by boat, right? Well, we're going in by boat. Usually when something like this happens, there's a lot of debris in the water. Do you know about that? Yep. Yeah. So I'll get a report uh, from our group tomorrow. The uh, person that has the boat uh, is coming from Cape Coral which is, you know, not a, not a long distance away. But uh, they're going to have to be very careful. There's there's no markers anymore. There's debris in the water, and the sands uh, have shifted. So um, it'll have to be a slow, slow uh, trip and a careful trip. Well, the people we had on last week, uh, Bronwyn, um, Jack's uh, daughter-in-law, they went in by boat. They've inspected their place. They live right down from the green flash, right below where you are. And they went in by boat. Their contractor had a boat, took him in. And he said, don't look in the water because there's debris and you may see bodies in the water because they're still finding bodies down there. Yeah, just, I, I don't, I haven't heard that. I, I have heard that <clears throat> there's been a number of uh, deaths. Last I heard was in excess of a hundred yeah. in the whole area. And, um, you know, the debris is a, is a real issue. Uh, so uh, we have a number of people and, you know, they're going to have to keep an eye on it and go slow. And uh, people are getting to the island. You know, you have to be approved uh, to go into where we are, into South Seas. South Seas, the resort is uh, allowing us to dock at their marina, but you have to be, uh, you have to have prior authorization. Okay. All right. So you're not taking you're not taking anything or any any uh, workmen with you this time. It's just it's just a look see. Well, well, yeah. It's really just a, a look see. Now, if 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 it's something like uh, you know something minor, yeah, they'll probably do that. But um, uh, and uh, you know we'll probably arrange to uh, take tarps out there once we know what we need. Uh, but we don't know what we need, so that's really um, that's really the, the the mission for tomorrow is to survey, see what kind of uh, tarps we'll need, and also see for the future uh, what kind of gener generators we're going to need, how many generators, and so on and so forth, so that once we can get contractors on site, and once we have the ability to uh, get equipment and, uh, you know, equipment and what have you there as well as fuel. It's going to be a logistics problem. 
Well, logistics and, and, and supply chain. Yeah, definitely supply chain. I mean, Kevin's having problems up here just doing home improvements. I can't imagine what it's going to be like down there. I can't either. Yeah. You know, we don't know. We Even if we have power, we don't know if the HVAC units will work because the condensers, uh, what I've seen in the pictures, a lot of the condensers are still there. Uh, but we don't know if they're functioning. you got to remember that they just withstood uh, – you know, a category four winds for a very long time. And there's probably sand blowing and debris blowing. And so, um, you know, that's a, that's another issue. We'll have well, to you have to ass- probably have to assume that some of them aren't going to work, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So if Florida has been over the years, been building better because of the Miami Dade winds. Do you feel in your opinion that what you've seen just by seeing on uh, if you went on the site, uh, is it more wind damage or more storm surge damage? Well, for us, I think it'll be wind damage. But, uh, you know, what has been reported, and I don't know if it's true or false, that we had less storm surge than some of the other southern areas. Okay. So as you work, as you, as you visually see things, as you go down, down the coast, you see more and more evidence of sand in properties which is an indication of the surge surge yeah that's been reported i you know i can't confirm or deny it they're reporting that we had very little surge at the end of captiva we'll be able to tell you know we'll see watermarks we'll see different things that will indicate what kind of surge we had i saw a i pulled off off the net a um, a map of surge from below nape probably to marco all the way up up the coast, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, Naples, uh, if, if you've seen what I'm talking about, that map, it's it's amazing. I mean, it goes in like a mile or something like that. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, what, I, what I saw and heard was, you know, like Naples and uh, Bonita, Bonita Beach uh, and those areas. And certainly, um, if you saw the pictures of Fort Myers Beach, huge, sur- huge surges. So... Um, you know, that, that just supports what I've heard, that it was strong. The way the winds blew, it was stronger in the uh, southern part compared to uh, the northern part. South of you, so you missed that bullet, right? I guess you could say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, if we did, that's a great thing. Oh, boy. I, I can't. I mean, the pictures from Fort Myers uh, Beach are just are, it's oh, really it's, hard to comprehend. There's there's tragedy everywhere. Yeah, it's there's, a shame. You know, there's sadness everywhere. There's uh, people that have no homes today. Uh, you know, you have to really, you know, there's people that this was their primary home and their only home, and now they, who knows when they'll get back there. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a difficult situation for people. Well, you talked to Jack, who happens to be a neighbor of mine in Bucks County, and uh, last week, and he threw out a statistic that just blew my mind. And uh, what did you say? Fifteen to eighteen, only fifteen to eighteen percent of people in Florida have flood, flood insurance? insurance. Yeah, you know, I heard that on the news this morning. I, uh, you know, that's hard to believe. Wow, because uh, you know, if you have a mortgage in Florida, you must have. Uh, flood insurance and you must have wind insurance 
Well, you know what? He's got wind insurance. His daughter-in-law, who lives near you, near uh, near the Green Flash restaurant, has both flood and wind insurance. But you know yeah, something? Yeah, so that's what we have. We have. Well, yeah, thank goodness, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know something? There are probably a lot of old people, not necessarily where you are, but in certain parts of Sanibel and as you go closer to the, to the mainland and down in Bonita, places like that, old people who've been there for for eons, for years, who probably can't afford maybe both types of insurance anymore because, they, you know, they're on fixed incomes and they've been through a couple of these things and they just don't have the money to do it. You know, that's my yeah, guess. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's a, you know, that's what's really happening. And then, you know, you have, uh, you know, there's a lot of retirees that were in, uh, you know, uh, manufactured homes like trailers. And, um, you know, they didn't survive at all, the trailers. And they've, areas have been just completely demolished. If so, you don't mind me asking, uh, flood insurance, like on, on an average home down there, what, what is the ballpark numbers you're looking for for somebody to have flood insurance, one of the homes? Uh, two, three, from, five uh, thousand? From, from how much? Are you in the two, four, five thousand dollars oh, a no. year? No, you can get it. You can get it through FEMA. You can get a basic policy for uh, about seven, eight hundred dollars. That's all. That's, That's a basic policy. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it used to be even less than that, but I'm sure it'll go up more. Oh, now, yeah. Oh, yeah. now you can also, you know, certain certain insurance companies also gave you uh, additional coverage, uh, but I, you know, I don't know what those costs were. Insurance is expensive in Florida. You know, if you get good coverage with uh, with wind and uh, flood, it's it's uh, expensive. Are the local authorities communicating with with uh, with the residents, the people who are the snowbirds? There are a lot of snowbirds in there. I have thirty five of them in my development alone, and and the permanent residents to uh, about all this stuff. Yeah, I believe so. I think uh, I think they, you know, I can only speak from my experience. I can't speak for others, but you know, as I said, um, because we don't have a mayor in Captiva, we come, we get ev- everything from Lee County, but we have a a, a panel, a, a community panel that operates in Captiva, and uh, they had a meeting yesterday that was open to the public, and they went through everything, and uh, you know. You got to remember, this is only, it's only a week old. And, uh, you know, people have been doing, working very, very long hours to try to get control of of things and, and try to, you know, help the infrastructure. And uh, the, uh, the county commissioner from Lee County reported that by the end of this week, they will have uh, they will have a plan for the infrastructure for Captiva and the other islands. You know, Lee County is a number of islands, and uh, they're looking at each island as uh, as its own separate uh, needs. So, uh, you know, they're so in Captiva they're commu- communicating very well. I think there's a, like a little bridge and inlet that separates Captiva and uh, Sanibel. Is that still intact? It must be. It is. Wow, you got fortunate from, there. From, uh, from, uh, from the documentation I've seen, it is. And from what I heard yesterday, it is. The main road in Captiva is uh, fully accessible. 
So it didn't get washed away? No. That's for no, that's that's a good start. Yeah. It had a lot of sand on it, but uh, I even saw a picture of uh, right in uh, the South Seas uh, resort area that you could actually see the striping for the uh, pedestrian walkway across the street. How about so that? So they've been... Uh, They've been using what equipment is on site to uh, to clear roads and to uh, try to safe off things. It's a tremendous effort. Again, people we talked to last week said there's an alligator and snake problem in uh, Sanibel. Have you heard anything about that where you are? No. Well, you know, Sanibel has a lot of alligators, and Florida has a lot of snakes. So I did hear on the news that, you know, you had to be careful because in the flooded streets— uh, there could be definitely snakes, and I'm sure alligators. And I even saw one. They reported that it was a shark. I don't know if it was, but in the street. Yeah, in the flooded street. Wow. Well, I guess it's well, possible. You know, shark doesn't know the difference now between the Gulf and the street. So I guess that uh, can happen. Yeah, there will. Uh, all... So people have, you know, it, if if you're going to venture and check your property, you have to be you have to be mindful that. You know, it's it's dangerous and, and you have to be careful. And I think people are doing that, you know, and they're not spending a lot of time there. They're checking their homes out if they do. And, you know, they're they're watching where they're walking and what have you. Another thing uh, we asked a question about was um, what are the local authorities or municipalities doing to assure that the homes are secure? Because. You're going to have opportunists out there who go out night in boats and maybe go ransack looters. houses, looters. Is is that being addressed where you are? Uh, I can't answer that. Uh, I did I did hear a report, and I don't have the specifics, but they said that uh, you know they were going to check all all properties for uh, if they're habitable. First of all. And second of all, if if they're structurally sound, uh, f- and you know, at the moment, I, I'm I'm interested in two things. I'm interested in the South Seas Island Resort, uh, and I'm interested in in our association at Lands End Village, and you know, and you know, and and obviously the other properties uh, in uh, in South Seas, and we have we. We have a call three times a week with all the presidents of the association and and the management at South Seas and the ownership. You know, everyone's working together. You have a particular situation there that other people don't have in the fact that you are the head of the HOA in your development there, right? So you got yeah, a I'm lot. The pre- on, I'm the got, president of our association. You got a lot on your shoulders there, right? You're not worried just about your house. You're worried about how many, how many different families, how many different houses. Well, we have uh, 17 buildings, and in in that building there, there are 68 units. So, so yeah, I'm worried about all of them. And I, you know, what we do, we we want to get everybody back as uh, as soon as we can. Well, you're going to have a lot of balls in the air for a long time here, right? Yeah, I think that's an understatement, yeah. Ron. <laughs> and 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 you and and you've been through this drill before, right? You tell me, eighteen yep. years ago with Char- was it Charlie? Yeah, it was Charlie. Yeah, two thousand and four. So, yeah, it was a little. Uh, in retrospect, it was a little easier because we, 
you know, after a few weeks, we had access by truck and, you know, you could come across the causeway and come right up through uh, Sanibel and the roads were cleared up. And uh, this is this is totally different. You know, a lot of the access is going to be by a ferry or by, uh, you know, some kind of barge. And uh, but we'll get there. We'll has get any, there. Has anybody talked about the Army Corps of Engineers who probably have all the equipment you need to do what you need to do, uh, getting involved in this, in addition to uh, maybe building a temporary bridge from uh, the mainland to Sanibel? Well, that, you know, that, that was new, but uh, I know on uh, Captiva, uh, we have the National Guard there that is patrolling uh, Captiva to uh, prevent looting. And uh, I heard uh, yesterday that there were uh, 55 National Guard uh, units or soldiers uh, on site and living in Captiva. How are they putting them up? They must have something there that they're putting up in. Like the yeah, they, uh, the uh, resort is putting them up in um, in their, I think it's in their conference center area. Okay. So, right. so that's intact then? Yes, it's intact. Well, okay. you know, all the buildings are intact. I mean, it just depends on the level of damage. You know, some are, some are in pretty good shape and others are not. Give me uh, one roundhouse statement. What's your best advice to people who are caught up in this nightmare? My best advice is people need to have patience and they need to listen to the local authorities and, uh, and, and, this will all get taken care of. It'll just take time. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's the best you can do right now. Well, much luck to you and Suzanne and everybody who's caught up in this. Uh, it's, you know, everybody's thinking about you. And uh, it, it's just hard to, as you look at the picture, it's really hard to comprehend. I mean, I would never want to live through something like this. And I'm, this is your second time around. So <laughs> yeah. well, you, you are now a hardened hurricane veteran. Yeah. I don't know how hardened I am, but... Uh, Definitely a veteran. So, it's going to work out, Ed. It's all going to work out. Well, you know, there's a culture. There's uh, the people that are in Florida and, and certainly in Sanibel and Captiva love it. And uh, they're going to make it work. They're going to make it work. And it's just going to take time. Well, we've been there, as you guessed, a number of times, as you as you well remember, and uh, there is a lot to love. It's one of the, it's a slice of heaven. It really is. And uh, it's it's got to be preserved, and I'm sure you guys are going to bring it back big time. I'm sure we are. Yep. I'm sure we are. Take care. So, Good luck. Just, uh, just uh, that and prayers will get us there. We're, We're doing it. We're with you. All right, thanks again. Thanks, Ed. Oh, you're welcome. Hi, Kevin Kennedy. And Ron Milk from the Your Valuable Home Podcast. Notice a major uptick in scams and shakedowns? We sure have here in southeastern Pennsylvania. That's why we're interviewing Mark Ferber from the Bucks County DA's office about contractor scams and shakedowns. That podcast will release on October 28th. And the following week, we'll have Mike Bannon from the Bucks County Consumer Protection and Weights and Measures filling us in on some of the local emails, snail mails, and telephone shakedowns that are happening in our area. You'll be able to access that podcast on Friday, November 4th. Thanks to the Bucks County DA's office and Bucks County Consumer Protection Weights and Measures for all they do to keep the bad guys from getting your money. Working with the DA's office and Consumer Protection here, we'll introduce a helpful new monthly service for our listeners coast to coast, the Bad Guy Bulletin, with alerts on the latest scams and shakedowns by contractors and other 
Bad actors trying to separate you, our listeners, from their hard-earned money. And no matter where you are on the East Coast, West Coast, or anywhere in between, you can help us by emailing us tips on scams and shakedown artists operating in your area. Just email us a short description to kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. No names, please. And provide proof that your local authorities or consumer protection agency has confirmed what you're reporting is a scam, or otherwise we can't run with it. Be part of the Your Valuable Home push to make our listeners wise to the bad guys. That's Kevin at YourValuableHome.net to add your contribution to the monthly Bad Guy Bulletin to be reported the third week of every month on the Your Valuable Home podcast. Hey, Kev, great news on how our listeners can tap into their home equity without taking a loan, making monthly payments, or piling on debt. With Unison, they get up to 17.5% of their home's value to remodel, pay off debt, buy a vacation home, whatever. You have Unison, right? Yep, paid off medical debt. Unison's terms were perfect for me, especially zero monthly payments for up to 30 years. Zero monthly payments? How do they make money? When you sell your home, you pay them the original co-investment amount plus a percentage of the change in your home's value up to 30 years later. How do we learn more? Go to unison.com backslash YVH, which stands for Your Valuable Home. Again, that's unison.com backslash YVH. Additional terms and conditions apply. Visit unison.com backslash YVH for details. Remember the name Provia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone and metal roofing, products made with latest technology and honest old-world craftsmanship, the Provia way. That's this week's podcast. Your Valuable Home comes to you every week on the new Pod City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories. If you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story, email me at kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 